This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Open for Business. Founded by a team of engineers, Aeonic, formerly Polydrone, is a commercial drone solutions provider for enterprises looking to modernize their operations workflow. Uh, no stranger to the commercial drone industry, Aeonic is looking to expand beyond the skies and the borders and to build an ecosystem beyond just their core drone capabilities. I'm here with Chong Jinzi, founder and CEO of Aeonic, as he gives us a peek into this unique industry. Good morning, Jinzi. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Or JX, as you would, you would like to be yep, known as great. well. Okay, now uh, I know you're now in Bangkok, which is very interesting. Uh, we can do this all over the world. First of all, you were formerly known as Polydrone. Why the name change? Yeah, sure. I think there's a very strong meaning behind it. But maybe let me take us back five to six years ago in terms of how we came up with the name Polydrone first. So when we started Polydrone, it was started more as a kind of hobby company where we were doing a lot of photography work, videography work. Mm. And what we wanted was to bring drones in a way that it would be accessible to everyone. Hence the name Polaroid, which is easy photography and so on, and drones and a form Polar Drone. So that's how the name came to be. But over the years, the last few years, we went more and more into the industrial segment. We're talking about using drones for analytics work, for automation work and so on. And we realized that as we dive deeper into each industrial vertical, we started offering a lot of services and solutions outside of the scope of that drone or unmanned area systems framework. And hence why we decided to change the name from Polar Drone to Aeonic, where we wouldn't be confined in that vertical itself. Right. Okay. So there's a team of engineers, right? So all these, I would think it all boys. Mainly, I would say, unfortunately, that's the nature of our industry. Right. Okay. So you all got together. When you started, it was with a business in mind already. When we started, I was actually working full-time in Intel, up in Penang. Mm. And it was more of just a kind of fun thing, a hobby thing before Mm. we realized Mm. that, hey, it could be big. Okay. All right. So, and of course, this has, you know, the whole industry as well has changed everything. What have you seen happening? If you talk about uh, the demand for drone services or your offerings, and we'll go into that. What has changed in the last couple of years? Yeah, definitely a lot have changed. And one good thing for us and the whole industry is that the adoption rate and awareness have went out by quite a lot compared to five, six years ago. When we went out to talk to customers and even the public five, six years ago when we started, the education level and the knowledge level of drones in the market is relatively low. We would always get questions like, okay, how, how long can it fly? How far can it fly? And so on. And that shows the um, level the market is at that. But right now, if we went out to the industry, people will be talking more on how to use drones to extract information, extract kind of specialized um, data from it. On top of that, how do you make the flight more efficient so that you can spray more crops and do more in a single flight? So that's the right. level that the industry is moving towards. And adoption okay. has been going up as well. Okay, so is it most easily in the agricultural sector? So drones have been applied all throughout the industry, but Malaysia, this region being one of the core agriculture areas, of course, drones have been applied a lot in the agriculture sector. And to be honest, it makes perfect sense, right? Where if you think about it, drones essentially, the ones that are for photography, it's a camera in the sky 
and it would make sense for any industry that requires or coverage over a large area of land. And of course, agriculture is the biggest one. And okay. on top of that as well, automation. On the automation front, talking about how do we reduce the reliance on labor, how do we make people more efficient? And the agriculture sector in Southeast Asia takes up the most labor workforce. I think it's 100 million people out of 350. So it's almost quite a big amount. Okay, so without this drone services, like before drone services, what would people, what would the industry be using and doing instead? So it depends on what industry we are looking at. Just take the agriculture industry, for example. There is two fronts to look at it, the analytics and the automation front. On the analytics front, before using drones, a lot of time, especially the large corporate plantations and so on, they would have to manually go on the ground and identify mm. if there's any problems and so on, which if you can imagine the likes of the huge corporate mm. plantations, it's impossible for them to do. The, there's no way that a manager can go and inspect every single corner. Whereas now with drones, when you fly over the area, you're able to very quickly identify any issues in the plantations, any uh, problems with a specific area, and address it accordingly. Then on the automation front, of course, last time, 10, 20 years, and even now, to be honest, a lot of people are still doing manual spraying work with these knapsack sprayers. And of course, it's very hot under the sun. The workforce in the agriculture sector is aging. So there will be less and less people willing to work in the fields. Plus, it doesn't help their health as well, where when you're spraying manually, you're breathing in all the harmful chemicals like straight up compared to flying drones at a distance. Right. Okay. So now when you look at the potential, of course, it's like you say, in this part of the world, it's more for the agriculture, but what, where else would it be used? And where do you see you know, uh, the growth of Aeonic right, coming other than agriculture? So right now, we are quite focused in the agriculture sector, where one of the reasons is we feel that it's the area that is the most sustainable and has a long-term growth. But apart from that as well, one of our other business vertical out of agriculture, we are a distributor for one of the largest actually drone brand in the world. So DJI, we are their main distributor in Malaysia and Thailand right now. And by that nature, it gives us exposure to a lot of different industries because we sell into every single company in across Malaysia. And one of the big growth area that we see coming up right now, it's in asset inspection. And when we talk about asset inspection, we're talking about, say, how do you use drones for oil and gas inspection for onshore and offshore refineries? How do you use drones for a telecommunications tower inspection? And all this makes perfect sense again, because instead of having to build a scaffold or having someone to climb up, you could just fly up and the operators are safe on the ground. Who would have thought? Okay, now I'm looking at, the, you know, there's various business verticals that you got. Okay, we covered agriculture, industrial a little bit. Uh, services, retail and academy. It, you, you've listed that down as well, right? How do drones come into this space? So on the services front, touching on that first, we are doing a lot of projects because drones, end of the day right now, it's still a relatively new industry. What we realized is for us to convince customers to adopt solutions and to purchase the equipment and so on, we have to prove that it works for them. And that's where our services vertical come in, where we go in, we run longer term commercial projects for clients for say a year before they find the value and they're able to work out Okay, if it makes sense for them to invest in the equipment and the team for it. So that's on our services sector. On our retail sector, that's more focused on the agriculture side of things. As we went deeper and deeper into the agriculture sector and we sold more and more drones, 
we realized that we can't serve the customers from the city. And I mean, end of the day, agriculture guys, they're not in the city. So what we did was we started setting up retail shops in all the key agriculture towns. Very similar concept to, if you think of like Proton, Toyota, and so on, the car service centers, they have their three service center concept and people could walk in to buy drones, but not just that, they could walk in to service their equipment, they could walk in to buy spare parts and so on. And that's the same concept that we applied for our retail sector. I know you've got the Aeonic Academy, right? And we'll talk about that in just a moment. I'm here with Chong Jin Zee, a founder and CEO of Aeonic. Stay tuned to Open for Business, BFM 89.9. Brave, free, Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Open for Business. I'm here with Chong Jin Zee, JX, founder and CEO of Aonic. And of course, uh, they are in the commercial drone solu- uh, solutions space. You know, uh, you were talking about how drones could be used in the various industries uh, earlier on from agricultural to industrial. And you've got the Aonic Academy. Tell me more about this academy. Sure. We started our academy arm about three years ago, three to four years ago. And when we started the academy, it was mainly to bring up awareness and education level of the industry players. Back then, we were getting a lot of companies coming to us, asking us, hey, how do you use drones for this and that Mm. application? And we thought, hey, why not we just combine it into a short course, three days, five days course, focusing on specific applications. For example, how do you use drones for advanced area mapping or asset inspection and so on? And that's where we started academy, right? But moving on, earlier this year, we were actually awarded the first commercial of what we call remote pilot training organization certification from the Civil Aviation Authority of Malaysia, CAM. And that's a very good step for us, but not just us, the whole industry as well, towards certification and a more structured approach to training. Right. So those who have been certified with this, right, I mean, they can then do all the work that you mentioned earlier on. Yep, correct. Okay. Now, if you look at the, the industry at the moment, you are in Malaysia, you've expanded overseas? Yep, we have expanded overseas right now. Um, we started our Thailand office slightly over two years ago, right before COVID-19 hit. And mm. top of that as well, we are currently setting up in Vietnam. Again, targeting the agriculture sector over there. Right. Okay. So even in Thailand, it'd be agriculture. In Thailand, we are actually running the industrial academy and our agriculture sectors already. Okay. Now, you've also developed some uh, in-house. Let me see if I pronounce that correctly. The uh, Oricites and the Miss Drone. It's actually right. named Orictus. It's a Orictus? scientific name of okay. one of the pests. Yep. Okay, so and, and this is what, <laughs> and the Miss Drone. Okay, so I assume that the Miss Drone helps in putting out the mist over the, the plants, but uh, what about uh, Oryx sites? Or Oryctus, the drone, mm-hmm. it's actually mm-hmm. a, what we call a point-to-point spraying drone. And mm-hmm. if you can imagine, right, for rice, it's quite straightforward. It's normally square blocks and 
the drone will go up and down and sprays does a mist blanket spraying over the whole field. Whereas for the oil pump sector, which was Malaysia, it's very well known for, you can't do that blanket spraying to cover the whole field because oil pump is a tree crop. You'll be wasting a lot of pesticide, a lot of inputs and so on. And that's where Oricta's drone comes in, where we've developed this system and technology that would be able to help us pinpoint the specific center of each palm tree and fly right to the center and perform a very precise dose of pesticide or any kind of inputs. So that helps the plantation save a lot of time and money. Okay, so you know, like for most businesses, right, the last two years have been challenging, but it would be different in your case? Yeah, it's definitely different for us. We are fortunately one of the business that benefited from COVID. Okay, because I guess right now, they realize that it's so dependent on people and people can't go out, so the drones come in and do the work, right? Um, so now you're in Malaysia, Vietnam and Thailand. Are you looking at other parts, like perhaps Indonesia? Or, you know, I guess like what my question would be, the competitor space, the competitors in this area, in the region, where are we? Yeah, so we are, that's our strategy right now, where we are looking to cover Southeast Asia region, but at the moment, not beyond that because we feel that we want to really focus and strengthen our position in Southeast Asia right now. Um, there are, of course, a lot of competitors across each country, but end of the day, we don't really see it as a see anyone as a competitor. It's more of an ecosystem where right now, the adoption of drones in the market is still pretty early stage, um, definitely less than 3-5% in the market, and there's just so much room left to grow. So why bother competing with anyone, right? Right. There's so much growth available for everyone. Exactly. You know, when you go to all these countries as well, you know, like how, how do you, it's a very B2B kind of business, right? And so it comes through word of mouth. How do you market something like this? So it, it does take a lot of time whenever we set up a new country. So like you mentioned, rightly, it's a lot of word to word and mouth to mouth. So what we normally do is when we go into a new country, we would typically try and set up partnerships and also on top of that, when we do set up partnerships, we run a lot of demonstration, proof of concept with customers, key what we call brand ambassadors or in, in a way business influencers and they do get the word out. Okay, okay. So, you know, uh, you guys have raised a lot of funds, right? I mean, one of which was, I think, the latest being 18 million ringgit, right? Was that one of the first, right? How did this funding galvanize or change your, your trajectory for your business? Yeah, that, that was our first external round that we raised, uh, 18 mil ringgit fundraise. And we what it allowed us to do was to speed up the expansion plan of our company by quite a lot. Where before that, when we were running on profits and rolling the cash back into our business, we could say, when we look at our retail store, we could only expand, say, one store every six months. Whereas with this fundraise, what we are able to do is within one year, we expanded to over 10 locations. On top of that as well, into different countries. And we are able to first hire more people on, on board our company just to strengthen our foundation as well. So that's not just like if one, one person is doing a single role, but now we have a team operating and we are able to execute a lot more projects more right. efficiently. Right. Okay. Are you looking at more fundraising now? So what we are doing right now, we are looking, but we are looking at more. We are working with what we call venture debt capitals, where... The reason why we, we believe that that's the way for us to go, it's because we've been running the company in a profitable manner. We're not burning cash. 
But what we are doing is we are financing a lot of smallholder farmers to purchase drones. And what I mean by that is we have this Aeonic Flex program that we run where farmers, they would be able to pay just a small down payment, say 20% of the original drone price. And then the rest, they would pay us over the next 12, 24 months. And that's where we work with these venture debts to finance, get enough sufficient cash flow so that we could finance this program even further. Right. Okay. So what goes into the R&D of what you're trying to do? How do you have to, you know, obviously things always have to be upgraded and changed and all that, right? So who's the team behind it? Yeah, that, so the, the R&D part, it's quite tricky, right, in Malaysia because, to be honest, we don't have a mature drone industry. So it's not like you could go to another company and you, had, you could hire people that are experienced and so on. So what goes behind the scenes is there's a lot of training involved where quite lucky that me personally, I'm quite involved with the R&D process. Um, having, I did my aerospace engineering degree and was specializing in drone flight control systems and so right. on. So I do get involved quite actively in R&D. Um, but on top of that as well, over the last couple of years, we, we are able to attract and get more like senior engineers on board, people that are specializing in um, computer vision, in AI, in the autonomous driving systems. And one thing is we always look for people that have the foundation and the right mindset to do the work. And it's quite easy for them to switch to specialize in drones and so on. Okay. So, so how big is your team though? Right now in Malaysia, we have a slightly over 120 people and over the whole three countries, it's about 150 right now. Okay. Is it easy finding talent? It's actually one of the hardest thing and that's <laughs> one of the things that I spend my mo- the most of my time on. <laughs> okay. And here you thought you could just play with drones whole day, right? Yeah. yeah. Hardly do that anymore now. <laughs> Okay, now when you look at uh, countries, are there any countries in particular that are mature in this space or really every country is pretty much still at its infancy when it comes to the drone space? I would say there are definitely countries that are a lot more advanced compared to Malaysia and Southeast Asia. But overall, globally, I believe it's still at the infancy stage. Um, There is still a lot more applications that we have not unlocked yet and have not commercialized across the world. And what are these countries that have sort of, you know, uh, really come on board? Is it the US? What do they use it for? I know like Amazon would use it for delivery. I mean, well, they're experimenting with that. Yeah, actually, the country that we feel that it's the most commercialized and most advanced right now is definitely China, where within China, all the largest, I would say the top five drone manufacturers are all from there. And even the huge companies, service providers, um, people that are applying it, big corporates, a lot of industry players are already using it actively and across the whole organization. Okay. And I guess like, you know, uh, moving forward, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, Moving forward, what we are looking at is really to further expand where our presence across the country and also regionally, where over Southeast Asia, there's 10 countries. We're not, we're just in three right now. So how do we move towards a full, being a actually strong regional player in all the countries? But on top of that as well, not just a footprint in the country, but have proper and strong coverage across the entire country itself. For example, in Malaysia and key markets like Thailand, Vietnam, and so on, what we are looking at, our vision is to have a career center through our retail segment, at least within two hours drive of all the key agriculture area. And that's our goal. And if you look at the agriculture sector and the land size that it covers, it's actually quite a big goal. 
painful. Anything else you'd like to add, uh, JX? I think one of the things that I'd like to add just to, and it's really the, the drone industry right now, it's still in a very early stage. And we do get a lot of young entrepreneurs or people coming out of school and so on, very interested in this space. So definitely encourage everyone to look into the industry, um, do a lot of research online. It's a very interesting industry, not just because it's tech itself, but it's because it's applied technology where you are using a tech grown technology and applying it to one of the normally key industry. So you have to understand both sides of the picture, right? Not just the technology, okay. but the actual application itself. Right. And of course, if you're looking for people, you say hiring is quite the toughest thing, finding talents. There is a, there is a, there are a lot of vacancies available, I take it. <laughs> yep, correct. And we are okay. always happy to craft uh, like a position out for someone that is high performing. Okay. Jong Jinzi, founder and CEO of Aeonic. All the best. Looking forward to more exciting things uh, heading your way. And you've been listening to Open for Business. I'm Frida Liu, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.